RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. It's a Thursday morning at RCR and getting up at some ridiculous hour to join us. So it's on our timeline here on Thursday morning in NZ is Farzan Arani for Money Talks. Tell us exactly where you are, Farzan. Where are you? Uh, currently in India, mate. I've been traveling a bit. I've uh, done three countries in a space of a week and a half. Uh, so, yeah, not getting much sleep, but I honestly missed you uh, guys oh, and so the radio. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I actually missed this. It's kind of a yeah. thrill, right? Having a yeah. conversation and just having a laugh about things. Yeah, well, people have, have been um, writing in, where's Farzan? When's Farzan back on? So here he is beaming in from, am I allowed to say the old country? Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is it good yeah. to be back? Uh, there's good and bad things. There's family, yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. It's quite hot and humid and too many people, mate. Too many people. <laughs> and have you noticed anything in your travels? Okay, albeit only a few countries. Anything that is different from any time you've traveled before? Have you picked up on anything? Um, it's funny you ask that because while I was sitting in New Zealand, yes, let's say it was winter and stuff, and now we're getting into summer. Yep. But the rest of the world is pumping, mate. I can, I'm, I'm honestly saying, obviously, I was having a holiday and in yep. holiday destinations. But um, in the Asian parts, uh, the economy is doing fine. Everyone's out there. Restaurants are full uh, and all that kind of stuff because I watched the Cricket World Cup final. Um, oh, cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it, it seems to be good times. I don't know. Obviously, that's also something I was thinking about is why is this part of the world um, looking like it's doing okay? But this part of the world, it's about 80 or 85 percent is below the poverty line. So they have to go about their day to day business regardless. Yeah, no choice. It's the yep. offices and those big insurance companies and the banks, which might also be affected in these countries. And I'm trying to dig up some stuff of what's happening in Asia. We obviously know what's happening in China. China is really slowing down pretty fast. Uh, you can't use the word deflation again, <laughs> but um, they're having some problems of their own, um, so to say. Well, we've talked a lot um, on and off over the time with uh, you and others have um, dropped in on this conversation from time to time as well, and that is the size of local government debt. Yeah, we've heard from financial commentators like yourself and others. We've heard from district councillors in the various areas worried about how much, and I think Dunedin was the example I, I always remembered, two or a million dollars a week or two million a week in interest is what they pay on their debt. Think about that. So there must come some kind of reckoning at some point, given that um, the um, councils can sell down your property if you can't pay your rate. So they'll always get money out of you. But the cost of borrowing is going to be an issue. So what have you learnt about that? What have you got to say about that? Uh, credit ratings, etc. Yeah, um, it's just recent. It's actually just this morning I've come across, um, as we know, there's three ratings agencies. S&P Global Ratings has come out this morning in New Zealand and says it may downgrade uh, local councils. Um, so this is 25 of New Zealand's uh, local councils. And um, it, it, it's something that we'd mentioned already, but they just kind of seem to point towards, oh, because Labour had these three waters and because new government's come into place and said they're going to repeal this, um, maybe that triggers a um, uh, ratings downgrade, a credit ratings downgrade. So now people can start connecting some dots. Well, what does three waters got to do with a credit rating? Um, 
Yeah, start thinking about that. But they've also mentioned in there out of 25 councils, three have already been downgraded in the past year. Oh. That's Marlborough, Hastings, and Fungare. Right. So just, just people, uh, keep an eye out. So that means and more expensive interest rates. That's what that means, doesn't it? That will be, yes, yeah. obviously. And I'll highlight some of the paragraphs in this article. Uh, and those three have already been downgraded. Uh, I'll repeat that again, Marlborough, Hastings, and Fungaray. And they've already put a negative outlook on Hamilton, Hot City, Capiti Coast, Bay of Plenty, and Wellington City. So those are already on negative outlook. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's something to look out for. And in this article, they talk about what happens uh, kind of next. Um, the, the, the conversation is if your credit rating goes down, the cost of capital uh, your interest rates go up and they're talking about if you are a local government council because the government gets to rate uh borrow at a cheaper price than you and i yeah or a private company and they've kind of given an example saying a normal one-year yield for an lgfa which we mentioned to people before is your local government funding agency they, they talk about a one-year bond at about 5.75 percent Whereas a private organization, infrastructure organization like Infratil would have to pay about 7.5%. So you can see the divergence in interest rates. It's almost a 2% buffer yep. for being a local government council. Now, common sense suggests, why do they give you cheaper interest rates? Because they know they can burden uh, the rate payer uh, with higher interest rates. Whereas a private organization has to make a profit to pay back the higher interest rates. So now hopefully our listeners can connect the dots is what is happening here is it's saying we're giving you cheap interest rate because we know you have houses under your belt and you have rate pairs who you can tax at any stage. Uh, the last paragraph is the most important one in this. Uh, the article finishes in quotes. You can't make dirty water clean by stirring it. Either rate pairs, tax pairs, levy pairs, or tariff pairs look set to face steeper bills in the future to address New Zealand's water wars. There you have it. Yeah. So that'll be their first call. So there must the have been a perception with ratings agencies that Three Waters was a, what, provided a more stable or more um, liquid, I don't know what the word is, but um, uh, that justified or, or made lending less risky, so a lower <laughs> rate. And with the change of that policy, that... Um, that's changed. Is that? Am I reading that correctly? Is that what that means? Um, no, no, Paul. What, what, what happens is at the the common conversation is let's say there's 25 local councils and they all have their own infrastructure projects. You yep. look at roads and stuff which are by the ground, but you can't look at water pipes which are under the ground. So most of these councils are kind of underinvested in uh, water infrastructure projects because the ratepayer wants to see something for their uh, rates. Well, that's so what the councillors think they want to see. Yeah, they never yeah. ask actually the rate payer. Exactly, exactly. So the whole point was, one was that, there was uh, uh, underinvestment in under underground infrastructure for water pipes and all that kind of stuff. So the whole point with the three waters, what how Labour sold it, was let's consolidate it all. Let's take the power away from the local councils and we make it one. So imagine there's you have three different uh, companies and they all merge into one. Obviously, there's cost cutting, just like a bank takes over another bank. It shuts down certain branches. So there's a cost savings, and that's what they were trying to sell. Because these councils have too much debt, what they were saying is if we took the water infrastructure things off the local city council the, books, the debt. Goes quite a bit. Of the, the debt goes. Well, the debt goes. Well, not not the debt. Or the, or the, the future spend, debt. The yeah, future, the future spend debt, goes. The future yeah. investment would have gone away. 
So now they're saying if National comes in and does this, maybe we should just put the water infrastructure on a separate entity. So then now, now the creative accounting begins, right? So uh, I don't know much about uh, too deep into this, but from the way I'm reading the tea leaves, obviously it, it's a good thing from what I've heard about three waters, because this is it. The powers about wanted consolidation on everything. As we know, one currency, one world government, all that stuff. So this is working against them. But of course, that means your rates will blow out and the interest rate yield will... Interest rates are going up anyways, and these local city councils are too over-indebted. Uh, and now where do they get money from? So if you say a pipe bursts or there's a $100 million project that needs to be completed, they won't be borrowing at 5.75 anymore. They'll be borrowing at 8 9%, 10%. So right. yeah. rate payers get ready for uh, higher rates is all I can say. Yeah, it's sad because that um, money to fix pipes shouldn't be being borrowed at all. That should come out of your rates take. I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? Yes, it is. But as I said, we, we mentioned before, families, governments, everyone, we spend more than we earn, and happy times are here to stay. Um, so you just keep spending yeah. and spending, thinking everything's going to continue as it is. And that was okay when interest rates were really low. Now that interest rates have gone up and the risk factor's gone up, everyone's going to ask for more uh, yield on their investment. In fact, I just had about 20 minutes last night when I was trying to quickly listen to your previous interview and uh, with the Australian financial journalist. Yeah, David and, James, yeah. Yeah, David James. On derivatives. Yeah. <laughs> that's something that's going to be really fun, mate. Derivatives, yeah, it's a, it's a basket. But, 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 but the one thing I thought I could bring up is you ask what happens if this goes. What what I just want to highlight to people is when we say debt, somebody's debt is somebody else's credit. It's a balance sheet entry. So what you've got to understand, if I default on my debt, somebody else loses out on that money. An investor out there gave the money to a pension fund or an insurance company or a bank, and the bank lent it to me. So if I default... Somebody else loses. Somebody's my credit, yeah. like the debt I took on, is was somebody's savings. So if you, you can't just assume, and this is what I've kind of highlighted to people is, oh, but what if we all just default on our loans? There is a pension fund or there is an insurance company elsewhere who lent that money to be on lent to you. So there's a debit entry and there's a credit entry. Whoever writes off the debt, somebody else loses or takes a haircut on their investment. And this is why I said we're in big, big trouble because he he mentioned, I think, um, a, a few hundred trillion. My, I've actually read reports that we don't even know the exact amount of derivatives because it could be in the quadrillions because all these banks have side bets with themselves. And that's what derivatives is. It's just a side bet. You think it's going to go up. I think it's going to go down. And that's what it is. Um, so it's 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 not going to be a fun part ahead, um, but as I mentioned, it's derivatives and securities. Look at these LGFA documents. If anyone knows how to read them, a lawyer is listening to us to see what is the security behind it. That's where I leave that one. And that's yours and others' houses, ultimately properties. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Oh, all right, um, but. Um, you know, one thing about uh, people and their houses, they will almost die in the ditch. It's the last, they'll, they'll go without food to keep that almost. Well, that's the hope of the globalists, right? Yeah. They get you so much into debt. As I said, everyone needs a house to live. 
Um, the question is, do you own it outright? Then they'll make it difficult through the rights. Or uh, if you don't, you might just get to rent it back from whoever now owns the property. This has happened during the Great Depression. There are books to be read on this. There's memoirs uh, about this as well. So it's 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 just a history history repeating and cycles repeating 80 or 100 years. People need to understand nothing is rocket science. This has all happened before. And I think David also mentioned something about a dead jubilee. This was done during the Roman times as well. And as I said, there is a dead jubilee coming, but the government needs to default on its debt. So they will say, we're doing it for you. You loan nothing and be happy. So they will take everyone will lose everything mm. and they will get to write off their debt rather than governments coming in up front being honest saying we spent beyond our means uh, we know that wasn't the right thing to do hey let's restructure all of this and let's get back back on track but no they're not doing that and for years they've gotten away with it with the inflation tax as we mentioned inflation in the first couple of weeks inflation is a hidden tax on us most mm. people don't realize they say oh, i got a pay rise of three and a half percent inflation but it helps the government they get more tax on anything that gets more expensive over time. It's only now that it's at seven or eight percent that people are waking up. Trying to imagine things getting to the level of a depression is interesting because uh, obviously there was the experience in the the twenties and thirties, and I remember my grandmother telling us about the depression. And even here in New Zealand, a lot of people lost their jobs, and it, it was tough time uh, when they went through it. But the difference then was a lot more of the proportion of the population lived in rural areas on land with self-sustaining kind of um, capability. You know, they could grow their own food. They had farm animals. And I think um, close to 90% of the population were in those areas. It's reversed now. Most of the population is in cities that have to be supplied by diesel trucks to supermarkets. There is no resilience. There is no ability to grow food. There's nothing. So if you get into a depression, you've got a lot more problems nowadays because of that than back then. Absolutely, mate. Um, There was a funny thing I read somewhere where um, I think it was in Canada uh, where a mother said something along the lines that her kid thought uh, chickens came from, uh, sorry, eggs came from a supermarket. There you go. The kid didn't even know eggs came from uh, chickens. So. Yes, the world we live in right now. Uh, Can you imagine how long a city would last um, if there were no food truck deliveries at the scale that uh, that we have them at the moment? It wouldn't take long for the stocks to run down, for it to be very tense, and then for animals start starting to disappear off the streets, right? I mean, it wouldn't take that long. No, it wouldn't. There's a saying out there saying... Um, uh, it, it's a Mad Max scenario kind of example, and there's a funny saying saying there's a, it's only two weeks between um, anarchy and civilization. <laughs> so they say human beings can go about two weeks without then losing their mind, right? So uh, there's going to be total anarchy in the streets, not so much in countries like New Zealand. We have a small population. We haven't yep. opened up borders like Europe has to a lot of the... Um, well, you can imagine uh, some of the big American cities. Yeah, that's going to be, yeah, I can just say that's that, that's going to be a Paulo. fun one. Yeah. American cities like New York, uh, California, uh, yep. Chicago, they are massively suffering. In fact, Atlanta. I read something. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just gone crazy, man. These, these woke uh, governors who wanted to open the borders and they said New York was a sanctuary city and stuff, and now they're complaining, they're saying this is not sustainable, and they're asking the president and the federal government for help. 
it ain't coming. The borders are still open. Um, and from my sources, when I hear something, uh, there might be, as I mentioned people, uh, as I have mentioned to people, watch out between now, this October and next one. Uh, and now that the war in Gaza has started, there's there's talks from some sources that I follow and stuff that there might even be some kind of, um, let's just say, terrorist attacks or some scare events in America to bring down martial law, to shut down borders and maybe have an election where you vote from home again. Um, the other thing I've heard is CDC has now installed, they're doing tests at the airports in certain airports already uh, for viruses and RSV flus and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're saying it's voluntary right now. Watch this space. Uh, so countries will now try to shut their borders off. So if you plan to travel, try and travel as much as you can in the next few months. Okay, yeah. Uh, because, uh, well, I'm doing that right now. Um, because governments are going to try and shut down their borders before the next shebang. So whatever excuse they find, there will be reasons and they'll blame some kind of event. As well, there does seem to be to an uptick in, in COVID cases, not just here, in Australia. Also, um, US, it, it does seem to be, like I say, an uptick. So um, who knows what, how that is, why that is, but it seems to be happening right now. Yeah, they'll suddenly, it'll come out of nowhere, remember? And and the one thing I think, because I told you, I'm quite a curious person by nature, and I do a lot of critical thinking, mate, and I try and connect the dots. The one thing I thought was, when did, when did COVID come along? Okay, so something happened around September, October 2019. That was exactly four years back. And well, well actually, the- it might have been earlier than that. Sorry to jump in, but I have um, heard uh, a woman, when I was at the uh, other place, the platform, um, correspondence with a woman who came back from, or had friends who came back from that, from Wuhan, China. I think in the um, uh, April, May, June period of that year, so quite a bit earlier than, you know, the official start time, which is what, towards, what was it, September, October um, 2019, in that area, as early as they made it, that, that would be as early as I've heard it officially. But this woman claimed that her friends, I think they were family members who came from China, had exactly the same symptoms, um, and it sort of came out of nowhere, out of that part of the world. And she thought her um, deduction was that it was actually around back even then, so even earlier, months and months earlier than we have kind of been told. Sorry, long story short there. No, no, I I 100% agree. That is my my understanding and my opinion as well. It had been going. Remember, this wasn't a pandemic, okay? This wasn't something that was going to kill 50 or 60% of the global population. It was just a flu. They just gave it a new name or whatever, and, and it was circulating. I've heard about people in India, and I think, uh, who's the gentleman in Maui from BlackRock? I think he had mentioned the similar thing as well. Um, oh, where he said, Yes, Ed Dowd had mentioned it was there much earlier as well. So, I am, my theory is, yes, it was there. But the point that I was trying to make was they then talked. I'm talking about the official narrative was around, oh, it happened in a wet market and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the bangle in September, the, in October. The bang, made love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they just fell for each other and they were madly in love. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was also uh, military war games going on in China. So that, that was the second option to blame it on something. Yeah. Well, but that the thing was the I way was thinking, it seemed to be distributed because all those participants um, spread out, spoke like to all parts of the world in one go at one time. Yeah. But but what I was thinking, Paul, think about this. What happened in 2019? Did we have two World Cups at that time as well? 
So we had a Rugby World Cup exactly four years back, and then we had a Cricket World Cup exactly four years back. Okay. So they let the global events happen. They won't interrupt those. And then, again, this is my opinion. My my brain just tries to connect it. We've just finished a Rugby World Cup. All the European countries and all of that got to have their big spectacle. Crickets had their big World Cup in India. Last time it was in, the, uh, in England. And it's finished. Now they're free to go, right? Obviously, there'll be some other little mi minor sports, but two of the biggest World Cups have happened. Now they've got a free-flowing thing. Again, it's just my brain thinks, but I was like exactly four years apart. And now the World Cups are finished. I'm waiting for something to happen, start happening, so to speak. Um, but this borders uh, testing and stuff will also be used as uh, in China. I remember when people were having bank runs last year. Uh, they had to download this app, obviously, for their COVID stuff. And if they tested positive for COVID, a light came up on their phone and they said they weren't allowed to leave their homes. So they couldn't go to the bank to get their money out. Get their money out. Exactly. So now, again, if something comes up and you have to download an app, if your light goes red, you cannot get out of the house. That's one way of yeah. locking it down. If you, and, and social credit score could be linked into this as well. But there are borders going to start closing. Just start thinking about that. Borders will start closing. Some countries will defend their borders now. Uh, I know in Europe, uh, some American citizens already have visas. Uh, now they have to land. They have to get questioned. And they might not be allowed to enter Europe because they're saying there's a lot of terrorist threats and all that kind of stuff. So think some kind of terrorist events around the world well, might, here's the other thing. might if not you, happen. You might be aware, um, last week uh, there was an interview with Christine Lagarde I think she's the head of the European Central Bank, isn't she? Or, or yes, one, of the, yes. one of the big institutions. I think it's that one. And we played it in our news last week. And she cited the need for a digital currency. Um, she cited the terrorist attacks in France in, I think, 2007, nine, and um, and pointed out very strongly that they were all organized on rechargeable, rechargeable credit cards and that um, to avoid a repeat of that sort of funding of terrorism again, we have to have a currency that uh, that we issue and is digital and that we can monitor. So she was saying the quiet part out loud. That is the plan. So uh, uh, as I said, if and you selling know it on terrorism, us, selling it on the terrorism, they'll use any one of two or three things, Matt. So just two days back, they've mentioned the Euro Digital ID wallet. So they mentioned that yep. again already. Uh, I read up on that even on my holiday. I could try and keep up with some of the news. But they're trying to get us to a digital wallet, okay? The first COVID part was to get people understanding that we might need something that tells us whether you have COVID or you don't. So in Europe, they did those medical certificates. And uh, the head of WHO just came out, I think, a few weeks back. And he had this real video where he said, oh, we think Europe did this so well. Their digital ID was so well received because people could just move between 37 or 38 countries, whatever they have within the union. And this be or 27 countries, I think, and people could just move freely. So that's a selling point that if you have this digital ID on your phone, see, in Europe, we could just do this. We could just move so you won't be trapped. Now, the next thing that's coming, whether it's a terrorist attack or whether there's another flu or whatever, they're going to say, we can't have this again. We need everyone to download this and use digital currency because terrorists are still doing it. Because after 9-11 happened, that's when they had this thing called FATCA. When I was working in banking then, that's when the $10,000 limit came in. 
Right. Okay. Because yeah. they were saying terrorists were financing. So if it, it was a $10,000 limit, uh, even when I was in banking in the branch levels, if the same person came in three days or uh, three weeks in a row and deposited just under 10000 you would actually create a report where you'd say this was suspicious. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So now, as I said, in, in, in America, they were tra- talking um, about a $600 limit on all transactions they wanted to know. Europe's clearly said that under 500 euros, CBDC, we don't want to know. Well, yeah, no, now, she, she, I think she said a thousand, a thousand euros, but anything above that was considered to be operating in the gray market. Yeah. So they'll, they'll, as I said, they'll bring in a limit and then there's nothing stopping them reducing that. Yeah. So, so think about that. But this, this thing that I read about the Euro digital ID wallet, what they're trying to say is let's combine everything into one. And I know I've seen documents where in Canada, this has already begun, right? Uh, so they want all your ID cards in it. They want your driving license in it, your passport on it, your digital certificates on it, and your medical documentation all in one place. So they will have everything in one place, and now they link a CPTC to it. So now yeah. think about your social credit score. If you're naughty, they just switch it off. Because everything is in the one place, it can be confiscated in one click, and you don't yeah, have a driver's and, and, license anymore. You don't have access to your bank account. It's all gone, anymore. yeah. I'm going to be talking to uh, Dr. David Thunder from uh, Papilloma, Spain. He's been on before. And uh, he's a research fellow there for culture and society at the university in Pamploma. And he's um, going to be um, updating us on that um, digital identity wallet. So that'll be um, uh, before this morning show is over. So it's timely that you mentioned that. Um, uh, before we it's go... you we... say that he might be one of the academics because there was an open letter written by 504 academics from 39 countries saying this is not a good idea, but they're still going to go ahead with it. What does that tell you? Okay. <laughs> Ask exactly. him if he's one of the guys who's written, who signed that letter as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can put that to him. So that'll bring us up to date with exactly what that is. He's not a fan. I can tell you that. All right. Before we go, because we're kind of coming up against time now, Farzan. Um, you know, I guess what ha- happens, we, we are always looking for the canary in the coal mine. There's a big canary in the coal mine in the US. And uh, some pretty bad signs that US consumers are in serious trouble. Uh, at the end of 2023. And I wonder if this is what we can expect or a version of it. Um, You've seen the list. Um, What jumped out particularly, I think there's about 10 or 11 points to it. What jumped out particularly for you and what do you think we can see maybe repeated here, just to give everyone the heads up? Yeah, just to give a context, we talked about uh, the consumers in uh, London and other places paying more than 30% of their income on rent. Um, that's the number one point. U.S. renters are spending more than 30%. And again, it says gross pre-tax. So imagine 30% of your pre-tax, then you get taxed. Yes. So that's quite a big significant chuck. It's actually 40, 45% of your post-tax income that goes towards rent. Coming up uh, half. Coming up half. Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you need somewhere to live. So now you understand what they're doing. They're squeezing everyone out. So you can't afford your debt, then you'll just have enough money to pay your rent and eat food. Uh, which brings us to the second point where the food bank executive told USA Today that she's seeing the worst rate of hunger in my career. Okay? So people are wow. just standing outside food banks because everything's gotten so expensive. And Bidenomics saying, oh, I brought inflation down. Um, third point, quick gist, Wells Fargo just shut down 13 bank branches in a single week. <laughs> That's one of the biggest. 13, okay. Yeah, Wells Fargo is their bank. And um, and and that's the, the in in a single week they closed thirteen branches. Now think you don't you have CBDC coming. You don't need so many branches. You don't really need all that. 
and six other banks closed 40 branches, right? Leaving millions of Americans oh. without access to And lots uh, of um, jobs gone too, I'd say. Of course, with all of this, everything goes, right? This yeah. is a roll-on effect. It's going to affect everyone. I'm not saying we're going to a depression yet, um, but there is signs there's a very sharp slowdown coming and if people are still thinking of betting on houses. Please don't, because there's a report this morning also uh, somewhere where I read where they were like, oh, wasn't this supposed to be a recovery? Oh, it hasn't happened. We, we're getting close to spring and summer. What, what What's happened? Uh, it's rocket science for some people that know it ain't going to be going up anytime soon. <laughs> um, media's losing. Media has been slashing thousands of jobs. So even media in uh, America is losing. That'll uh, happen here. That'll happen here. Yeah. There's 20,000 media jobs gone uh, this year alone in America. Jeez. Amazon is laying off hundreds of workers and it's Alexa division. See, all companies are going to start cutting, cost-cutting. Um, City Group, another bank, global bank. Biggest bank, I think, in the States, isn't it? Biggest retail bank. Not, yeah, well, yes and uh, yes and no, but it's in the top okay. three, uh, City yeah. Group, because they're quite, they've got tentacles in Asia and India and all that kind of stuff as well. But uh, the CEO has decided to conduct large-scale layoffs. There you go. Okay, staying ahead um, of it. Yep. Yeah, and this is the fun part. We've we've talked about we've talked about how much debt the U.S. has, uh, and uh, the federal tax receipts have been falling on a quarterly basis, and their tax keeps going up. So I think they have a budget deficit of about one trillion. Uh, sorry, two trillion. So think about they're getting in four four trillion in income through tax receipts. Six trillion in expenses, plus now they have a one trillion interest expense. So they're just going in the negative like crazy. Their debts reach thirty-four trillion, and um, they're now saying, as we talked about the lag effect in New Zealand, I explained how the government said sit at home and we'll give you money, which happened in America as well. That money has dried off. People have used up their savings. So eighty percent of U.S. households are actually poorer than they were when the COVID pandemic originally hit this country. So they felt a bit of a sugar hit, as we yep. did as well, with the house prices and the wealth effect. And now it's kind of, oh, everything's gone. Everything's gone because interest rates are higher. And I maybe when I come back in a, a, a week's time, we can talk about the housing market, what's happening in China and all that kind of stuff, because the housing market in America, especially, has pretty much frozen, right? Because if I had a mortgage out there for 30 years at 3%, I ain't going to sell my house and buy another house now when I have to pay 8%. So people who want to move also aren't moving. And just the housing market, real estate market in America is absolutely frozen. And they're discounting houses by about 30%, the new bills, and no one's coming out to buy. So I'll leave it at that. Those are kind oh, of the wow. quick headlines while I'm on holiday. Okay. Uh, watch out for geopolitics. Uh, might be interesting times coming up. <clears throat> and quickly before you go, Farzan, if people want to get in touch, best way to do that, getting in touch with you? Yeah, successsimplified.life. Please flick me an email. Even though I'm a holiday, I do check my emails and I'll get back to you. Thanks, Paul. Okay, Farzan, great to have you. And all the way from India, that's really cool. And we'll catch up. Uh, uh, I don't know if it'll be next week or the following week, but it certainly will be in that sort of time frame. So we'll yeah, uh, look yeah. forward to joining yeah. more of the dots with you then, Farzan. All right? Thanks, mate, Paul. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.